Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast. My guest today is Terry Mongette. She is the owner and founder of Begin Again Coaching Strategies, and she owns a horse ranch named Begin Again Ranch. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, Marianne. It's fabulous to be here, and I'm very excited to be part of the Hip Senior family. I am so happy to have you part of us as well, because now I have some place that I can go ride horses with and check them out. So. A trip to Colorado is in order. <laughs> Absolutely. No. So, Terry, I love your story. We have your book on the Hip Senior Books, but I want to know a little bit about your ranch, a little bit about your background, and I'm hoping that we will learn a little bit more about what it is and who you service. So give us just a brief synopsis real quick about the ranch. And then I want to ask you a few questions about some of your clientele. And then we'll come back to your ranch a little bit more. Is that okay? Yeah, that'd be fabulous. Yeah, let's see. We have a six-acre ranch here in Sedalia, Colorado, which is just a little northwest-ish of Denver. And my ranch started, I was in California. And the type of work I do, which is partnering with my horses to help my clients, I realized that the client work I was doing was not going to work at a boarding facility, which is where I originally had my horses. So we sold the California house, moved to Colorado, and now I have a very safe and contained environment that my clients can explore and have a breakthrough or a breakdown without anyone else around. There's nothing else going on the ranch at the time of my client work. It's very, it's a very personal experience. So when clients come to you for something like that, are they mostly business owners? Uh, yeah, business owners, also couples that are struggling in communication or empty nest. It's, oh my God, now I have to have an actual relationship with my partner now that the kids are gone. And there's no buffer. And business owners who are struggling that are not not where they want to be in their business, but they're not sure why. So we help them figure out what it is that's keeping them stuck. And we're able to unravel their stories and help them move on from that and embrace, fully embrace who they were really meant to be. Okay. I would imagine that even people that are empty nesters that are single, like myself, would find that very beneficial as well, because your kids move out and all of a sudden you've got to have a relationship, not with somebody else, maybe, but with yourself. And yeah, absolutely. To be, yeah, for me, I'm used to being a mom. I was used to being a wife before I got divorced. And now I'm having to find that I had to learn to live alone. I had to learn to cook for one. I had to learn to have conversations with my dog, but mostly I had to learn to have conversations with myself. And that can be tough. That can be very tough. Yeah. You're going through a divorce and whether you're an empty nester or not, and it's okay. 
now what happened to my persona? Who am I? Who were you before you went into that situation? Let's figure out who you were or who you are meant to be. And just having that relationship with yourself is is huge. What I help my clients do is figure out or understand why they are so reactive during certain situations. You might have someone say to you, gosh, what an interesting color blouse you're wearing. Blow up. Oh my God, this is terrible. And the person who just said that was like, okay, what just happened? When you were six and you dressed yourself, your mom would tell you, oh my God, Marianne, you look terrible. I can't let you dress yourself. You have no fashion sense and whatever else. And this went on through your lifetime. I'm making this up. This isn't really about you, Marianne. It might be. My, my, my story was I wasn't allowed to wear jeans in the summer and I wasn't allowed to wear horizontal stripes because they make you look bigger. Exactly. So these are the messages you've got. And you might have decided to wear horizontal stripes and you're at a networking meeting and someone says, oh, wow, what an interesting outfit, Marianne. And immediately you're triggered. And it's, oh my God, my mother was right. I look terrible. This is awful. Let's figure out what the trigger is. Oh my, when I was six, this is what I was told. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I had no fashion sense. Is that really true? No, but that's the message you got. Right. And that's what you carried with you. So let's, the next time it happens, and it will happen because I'm still triggered. I know what my triggers are, and I'm still triggered. And you can just say, oh, here we go again. I choose not to be triggered. I'm going to respond instead and saying, oh, thank you. Yeah, I had a fabulous time picking out this outfit this morning. Whether or not they liked it or not is of no reference. It doesn't my mom shopping, and this is what I bought for myself. Exactly. It's the stories that we get fogged down in, which most of the time we're not even aware of it. I help you become aware of it, figure out what it, what they are, where they started, and how you can now choose to respond instead of react. I'm sure you've got a billion stories about clients that have been out there. What is one of your most memorable uh, mm-hmm. Story about a client. Stories. How are the horses involved in this? Memorable stories. Okay, let's see. My favorite story. One of my favorite stories. I do have been very many. I was working with a couple, and they had a discussion in the car on the way over to the ranch. We were in the arena. They were sitting across from each other and still having the discussion. And he stood up and got louder. And as he stood up and got louder, she sat in her chair. She crossed her legs. She crossed her arms and she went like this. So what I want to do is change their reaction because this is a very, very familiar dynamic. I'm sitting there saying, okay, do I change her reaction first or do I change his reaction and in that nanosecond that I'm trying to decide, Bodhi, who is on the cover of the book, he comes walking in between them, grabs her by the shoelaces, shakes her foot, drops it, and walks off. So he changed her reaction. And she was like, okay, what just happened? So that was my opening. It's like, all right, what's going on? And she said, oh, you know, when, whenever he gets this way, Obviously, that's telling me that this 
is a familiar occurrence. I want to make sure I'm listening intently. And I could see him already getting frustrated at this. And I was like, okay, just wait a minute. Bear with me here. I'm the expert. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, fair enough. I said, can you look at it from a different perspective? And from his perspective, you just shut yourself down. So he has to get bigger and louder to be heard. And he's standing there. This is why I'm doing this. I said, how can you change your reaction, your automatic reaction into a response? So she shook herself out. She sat in her chair. She uncrossed her legs. She put her arms, her hands and her arms on the chair. And she said, okay, would you say again what you're trying to tell me? So he took a deep breath. He sat down and they were able to have a discussion. By changing her reaction into a response, I choose to listen. I don't choose to close myself off. And she was inadvertently closing. She thought she was listening intently, whereas all the body language experts would tell you she just went into defensive posture. So she was able to sit there and listen, and they had a discussion about what to happen. Now, I don't train my horses. It's not like I called him in and said, no, take her shoelaces. Whatever the horses do for the client, it's my expertise to bring that into whatever it is that we're talking about or what the client needs. When did you move from California to your ranch? I moved to the ranch 12 years ago. So I've been doing this for more than a decade. Had you ever had a ranch before this? Did you grow up on a ranch or something? I did not. I got my first horse so when I was 50. And I did trail riding and took care of my horses and happened to be at a local horse show and saw a woman who was talking about horses and the energy chakras, which I found fascinating because you don't usually hear about things like that in a typical Western environment. And I went and talked to her afterwards and she said, you might be interested. I'm starting a new equine gestalt coaching program two-year program. I was still in California, but she's a two-year program. It's every week on phone. This is prior to Zoom. And eight times over the course of the two years, I had to come out to Longmont, Colorado, and learn how to partner with her horses. So as students, one of us would be the client and one of us would be the coach. And then we'd switch. The other would be the coach and one would be the client. So you got to work on your own stuff as well as learn how to partner with the horses. She has since moved her establishment over to here to Elizabeth, Colorado, which is a bigger facility and student housing, and she's got everything set up. But I was a member of, of her first graduating class. That's really fun and amazing that you did that at the age of 50. <laughs> Yes. At the age of 50, I got off the phone, the introductory phone call with her, and I spoke to my husband and I said, okay, I really want to do this. And he said, okay, it's a two-year program. And he said, and what is it? I said, I have no idea, but I need to do this. Isn't that funny how sometimes we just jump in? That's right. Beat. That's right. Okay. Okay. I've never owned a horse. I've only ridden a horse maybe twice in my life. I can't imagine just going from having a corporate job to owning a horse. I could, because we can all do whatever it is that we want to do, right? That's what makes the world go around. 
But like how much of a transition was that? You're obviously you're used to getting up at a certain time every morning and you still have to because of horses, right? You got to get up and feed them and take care of them. But you went from someone telling you what to do to to you being the boss. How cool, how scary, how what words do you use to describe this transition in your life? All of those and then some. Yeah. And for me, for me, it was I had left the corporate world. I had left Disney when my boss decided to go back into law practice, and I did not want to do that. So I stayed with Disney another year or so working for someone else. And I was just like, there's something missing. I'm not supposed to be here anymore, even though I thought it was my dream job. And yeah, so I had the horses at a boarding facility, so I could go up and let them out and exercise them or take them on a trail ride. But I didn't have to get up early and feed them. I didn't have to muck their stalls. That was all taken care of. And when we came here, when I realized that the partnering with the horses for the coaching work was really not going to work at a boarding facility. And I loved coming out here to Colorado for my training. It was just like, okay, it makes sense to sell the expensive California house and we were able to buy six acres right? with a barn and an arena and all the amenities. And I just had to adjust. Now I get up every morning at five. Even when I'm on vacation, I wake up at five. It becomes a habit. Yeah. Because I have to go feed horses, even though I'm on vacation and I don't have to feed horses. I still wake up at five. Taking care of them and doing it. It's a lot. It's scary. And this is all after I sustained a traumatic brain injury. So I had a traumatic brain injury. I moved my husband and family and horses to Colorado where we knew no one, maybe one or two people from my coaching classes. And I had no clients. I had nothing like that. I'm a high introvert. So networking is not my forte. So I don't recommend people to do that. With the networking, I would tell them to get up and give my elevator pitch and people would say, I'm sorry, you do what with horses? Now, after 12 years, people, people will say, oh my God, I've heard of that. Tell me more. Yeah. I've also, with writing the book, I've unraveled the stories that were keeping me small and always in second place and not good enough and everything else that we have to deal with. I'm doing these podcasts and I've got speaker engagements. I did a pop-up book fair just Tuesday night and was able to introduce and read my book to a room full of people. And I do speaking engagements. It's fabulous. Is it scary? Yes. Feel the fear and do it anyway. I get people that do that all the time. They'll be like, oh, I don't want to do a podcast or I don't want to do this or I don't want to be on camera and stuff like that. And it's, you know what? I grew up hating my photos taken, like with a passion. I always felt like I just wasn't good enough to be on camera or I was too fat or too ugly or whatever the story was. And now it's like I'm on camera all day long, whether it's in meetings or doing podcasts. stuff. And it's guess what? My love to succeed, my desire to succeed is so much greater than my hate of my looks that it wins every single time. And 
you like you said, it, it was always the fear of being second best and this and that, whatever. If, you know what, though? If you really want to do something, you'll do it regardless of what you have to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you're going to, you know, you'll stumble. There are going to be obstacles. There are things that, you know, well, this is one of the things that I was so pleased with my attitude during my traumatic brain injury recovery. When something I was trying to do didn't quite go the way I had planned, instead of saying, oh my God, I'm broken. It's never going to work. I really am going to be less than, and now I'm never going to meet my true potential and on. I would just sit back and say, that was different. How can I do that where it's going to work? May, might not be the same way I used to, but figure out how to do it and get it to get it to work. It's your, we put up our own barriers. What's the story behind the barrier? What are you telling yourself? Everyone's told me, even my neuropsychologist at the rehab center told me, I mentioned it in the book and I was like, that's crap. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be fine. And here I am, a successful business owner, an award-winning author, and a sought-after speaker. So you can too. See, I love that. Someone told me the, the other day, I was talking to a friend and she was, and if she's listening to this, tough because I'm going to tell it anyway. So she was, we were talking about Mel Robbins and she has this launch program and she was working through it. She said, I'm calling because I'm working through this program and part of it has me frustrated and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, which part? And she goes, there's these things where we have to like gauge how we feel about certain things or whatever. And I've realized that I'm not really happy with where my gauge is at several of the things about like happiness, whatever. And I said, what would make you happy right now? And she said, if I had a few more clients and I said, why? Because she has, because that'd be more money coming in. And I'm like, okay, so the money's going to make you happy. I said, I don't think that's true. I'm like, let's back up. What's really going to make you happy. It's not the money. We all need money. There's no doubt about that. We all have bills to pay, rent, mortgage, car payments, food, electricity, basic stuff, right? We all need money. There's no doubt about that, but that's not what's going to make you happy. I said, what's really going to make you happy? Is it living in Florida full-time? Is it buying a new car? Is it being able to go on vacation whenever you want? She likes to travel. I said, what is the true crux of the matter of what's going to make you happy? I said, it's not the money. If you're doing what makes you happy, the money's going to come. But as you, we get older, we start looking at these things of what is not serving us in our lives and what is going to make us happy that when we wake up in the morning, we say, yep, I'm going to go get it today. I'm going to go do it. There, there's. It's funny because every time before I decided to embrace this full time and was job hunting again after I got laid off with Google, every morning I'd get on for a job interview and they were like, you know, what could you out of bed in the morning? Like my dog, he wants to go outside. <laughs> but we all have things that make us happy. We all have things that we avoid. So clearing out our minds and saying, hey, what really makes us happy? And if you're not doing what makes you happy, life's short. Find out what it is that will make you happy and go do it. Exactly. So I applaud you leaving Disney and doing this. If there was anything that you could change about that process, is there something that you would have gone to, done differently? There's, there's nothing I would have done differently. It's just even sustaining the traumatic brain injury. 
put me on the path of where I needed to go and with an understanding of you can do anything you put your mind to and you it a lot of it is your attitude and how you approach things and life is short I could not have made it I might not have made it I chose to stay for a reason and my reason is to help you and others figure out what you need to do and what are the stories that are holding you back so if you're in the Denver area you come out to the ranch if you're not in the Denver area um I can do this via Zoom obviously without the horses so a little bit of a difference but it's still the same so it's but let's figure out what are the stories that are holding you back and from being happy living your best self or just coming to terms with whatever emptiness divorce I'm 40 something and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up okay let's figure that out that's a lot of people's stories too I know my dad never knew what he wanted to be and now he's retired and I don't think he ever knew and I think I was on that same path so when I finally realized it was the hip senior and that was my path I was like oh I finally figured this out. For a while, I felt like the universe was speaking some foreign language to me, and I just wasn't understanding what it was saying. And let's figure that out before yeah. you get to where I am. And if you are where I am, and I'm 65 right now, let's let's figure it out so you can write the next chapter. It's not over when you retire. What else can? What do you really want to do? Let's figure that out. Yeah, look how much longer people are living. If you're 65, you easily have another 30, 35 years to live. Why be miserable about it? Exactly. So if people come see you at your ranch, they like, you know what? I don't want to do the Zoom thing. I want to come experience the whole entire gamut. They fly into Denver. Is that the closest airport? Correct. Okay. And how does that work? Do you guys pick them up? Do you have a pickup truck and you're like, hey, let's throw your bags in the back. Let's get onto the ranch. Do they have to take an Uber? Do they stay at your ranch? Do they get a hotel room? How does that work? Uh, it all depends on they what they want, what they need. What I do is if you're coming in for a, like a, what I, lack of a better term, a VIP experience, it's it's a weekend of just you on the ranch. It's not like I've got other clients or anything going on. Now, we're not going to be coaching for eight hours because, you know, you would implode and I would too. And so would the horses. You would fly in if you need a pickup. We can, I can meet you at the airport if you want your own car so that you have the control to go where you want when you want. I prefer you get a hotel room just because we don't need to be immersed in each other's everything. You need your space to process. Okay. So you can go back to your hotel room and because we've all seen because we've all seen the movies where. They come in and they have little cottages on the side and whatever and, and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to set the picture for what people can expect when they come now, in. Now, this is my home and a barn. Okay. So I can sleep in the barn if you want to. I wouldn't recommend it. But if I... You'll have a cat to keep you company. But yeah, you just need to go back to your own place and start and journaling and processing and then things like that. But it's just you for the weekend and we take it as deep and as far as you need to in chunks of time. So we get breaks. I provide lunch. You don't have to worry about that. And then we just, you are fully immersed. If you want to come out and help muck stalls and clean up after the horses, you're, that's fabulous. You're not required to, but it's a beautiful 
immersion into nature and everyone in this area has at least five acres. So we're not on top of each other. And it's a very, I call it, it's my sanctuary. And I open my sanctuary to those in need. I love that. All right. So they should go, first of all, you can go over to her page at thehipsenior.com, click on directory and search for begin again, coaching strategies. And from there, all of her contact information is listed. So contact Terry and schedule time with her. Like I said, if you're in the Denver area, go check her out. If not, maybe you want to fly in. It just depends, right? What they want their experience to be. Depends what they want their experience to be. And on the website is a 30 minute introductory call. So you just give me a call and schedule something. Every once in a while, there's a glitch in that system. So I'm trying to figure that out. So just call me or email me and we set up a 30 minute phone call so you can ask more questions. I can answer what your specific needs are. Sounds great. Terry, thank you so much for telling us about Begin Again Ranch and what you do. It's purely magical. And again, being a senior isn't about being dead. It's about figuring out what your next steps are, right? Let's write your chapter. What do you want that to look like? It's not preset. I love that. Terry, thank you for being a guest on the Hip Cleaner podcast. I've enjoyed every single moment of this. Oh, thank you for having me, Marianne. And I look forward to staying in touch and let's collaborate on other things. And again, thank you for this opportunity. It's been great. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.